0: Everybody, Welcome to the very first ever Fitness, Food, and Fun. It's a chat with Andy Mack. It's a very casual setting here. We're going to be connecting with all sorts of people that I find admirable and that I respect. You know, people that I think have a, a great story, and it's going to be all about them connecting with you. And because this is the first time that we're doing this, This type of discussion is about being relatable to people. So Kevin's going to just be talking really about his story and and sharing that. And it's not going to be a technical discussion, which I know that Kevin is actually a great person to be uh, a technical discussion because he could go really far down a rabbit hole with that. But what this is all about is being relatable to you and me and everybody out there. And, you know, nobody's perfect we all go through our ups and downs when it comes to keeping ourselves healthy and what makes us happy so starting off with this i'm going to just give a quick intro for you kevin just high level stuff that i know about you that if you want to add anything to it because this is your story and your chat then feel free but you were obviously the owner of crossfit hartford for over eight years time period you know before that you were the head trainer over at trinity college you've been an athlete your whole life you were a football player played in college i know also from an athletics and sports perspective you've got a son who's pretty knee deep in in the hockey world today so is anything about else about you want to share with people just from a background perspective and if not that's fine we can we can keep moving
1: yeah I mean i would I would quantify myself as a very successful average Joe when it comes to athletes I think a couple of times in my life I maybe was out over my skis a little bit in terms of where I was competing and and what I was doing but I think a lot of those opportunities and I was actually thinking about this earlier when uh, think about where our conversation will go is like my relationship with fitness and how it's at a certain point fitness became my whole life but at its origin, my relationship with fitness was always part of a support system of something else I was trying to achieve. When I was right. a sophomore in high school, I went to a football camp at the University of Dartmouth and uh, Dartmouth College or University of Dartmouth. I, can't, I don't remember which one it was. And The coach said, "He was like, you're tough uh, and you're smart, but you're too small and too weak. So all you need to do is lift weights. And from that moment on, I was consumed. And uh, yeah, it's my relationship with fitness and its its origin was one out of necessity. I needed it, and then at a certain point, I was able to give it to other people who needed it. I guess would be um, the best way to describe it. But you know, football, wrestling, lacrosse, a little bit of MMA in there. Not in the cage fighting, but training fighters and and doing a lot of the, the in gym training style stuff. A lot of uh, grappling. I grappled a lot for about like a six to eight year period, in my 20s and early 30s, part time hobby. And then, you know, other times it got more serious. But yeah, I've been lucky enough to survive different careers in different sports. And at without question, the thing that helped me be successful in all of those places was my relationship with fitness, going into that sport. You know, it was always, it was always the catalyst, the conduit for me. I was not a great athlete. And uh, I, had, I have a saying as a coach, when it comes to like strength and conditioning, talking about just athletes here, the weight room and strength and conditioning will make a bad athlete. Good. I'll make a good athlete. Great. and will make a great athlete unstoppable. And wherever you fall on that spectrum, and there's a lot of nuance and gray area there, fitness exercise strength and conditioning it will it will propel you or hold you where you belong depending on how much you invest in it so
0: so i think one of the most interesting things that you brought up that strikes me is your perspective right because i think as people within fitness especially when it comes to athletics knowing where you are in comparison to your competitors your teammates And so forth, kind of the rack and stack. That's that's where all the anxiety comes into things, right? But it seems like you found a a really good way to find comfort in knowing exactly what your facilities or what your capabilities are. And the other big thing that I'd like you to tell us a little more about, because you started getting into it, is how that experience for you, learning and knowing where you kind of rack and stack. And then what is fitness in your life? And I know that's a threefold
1: question. Between, from going from an athlete to a coach and my primary function as a coach with strength and conditioning is that, uh, oh man, yeah, I mean, that's a, I'll get, (laughs) that's a pretty spiritually deep question. Uh, But fitness in my life, and this is a word I used a few minutes ago, has been the catalyst through my young adult and teenage years for everything that I wanted to achieve. Whether it was as an athlete, achieving my goals and sort of building myself up and utilizing those tools to eventually becoming part of the fitness business industry. And then, you know, my goals as a young adult changed in terms of what I was setting out to do and what my responsibilities and obligations were, right, as a family. It became a very, uh, fit, fitness in my life has been an, an absolute defining experience. I joke with my father all the time, Andy. It's funny. And, and I wonder how this will play out with my kids, too, um, and Coach Balkin as well, is when I was a little kid, my father used to take me to the, the reservoir in West Hartford. And he would and he would run and he would make me chase him, and I and I hated it. But we would do it. And then, when I was in high school, in order to help me sort of stay focused during the day, we would run from our house in the West End over by for those of you who are familiar with it, the Spigot, down to Elizabeth Park and the Rose Garden, and back almost every day before school.
0: No, it's um, that route because I lived right next to the Spigot when I was training for the marathon. That is exactly the route
1: that I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I I would argue that occasionally my father used his bike a little more than he needed to, but, you know, he kept me moving on my feet. And, you know, even in my academic life, it was cathartic for me to do that because I went from struggling in certain situations to being able to focus because I had that outlet, you know, as part of my daily routine and, you know, my first job ever, a lot of people don't know this. My first, like, you know, on the books job ever, I started when I was a sophomore in high school. I used to clean the uh, weight room and fold towels and clean the bathrooms at the JCC Fitness Center in uh, Bloomfield. And that was my job all through high school, you know, and really I play a little pickup yeah, basketball while I was on the clock sometimes and we'll or, or get a couple of sets of the leg press in. But it's just always been there, there, you know. And man, I was lucky to have it, for sure. It just, fitness in my life is, I mean, it has been my life. And it's amazing how much of it is there for people to dive into if it's what they really want. And I think one of the things that CrossFit in particular has done is it's opened the door to them, right? I'm curious how it's going to play out with my son, right? And my daughter, because for Coach Balkan and myself, you know, our kids were at the gym, You know, for like the first years of their life, you know, their ideas of fitness are so different of other people's, you know, it's Thomas in particular with some of his youth sports stuff. He's so comfortable with focusing and working hard that it's like a, it's a skill that is developed in the gym, right? I would say like a structured, challenging fitness environment where like the group mentality of hard work, focused effort to achieve universal goal. Is, is a learned skill, you know, and it, and I think that's one of the things that was uh, one of the greatest things for me to observe from a bird's eye view was to watch adults learn that and have it perfuse their life in other areas, right, whether it be interpersonal relationships or better outcomes in their careers, right, and there's, there's things that go along with that sort of group effort at high intensity and goal-oriented and structured environments that just it takes over, you know, it takes on momentum and creates success in, in all areas. And it's it's been unique for me to move out of that, right? Where uh have spent so much time understanding that, you know, you have to displace immediate satisfaction for long-term goals in this game of strength and conditioning or exercise, or you're doomed to fail, right? in one way or another, whether it's burnout or injury or lack of success, that I sort of, I've come to expect that and understand how that's not just in fitness, but in so many other things that I think my temperament, you know, in other settings has been, it's unique because of it, you know? So yeah, what is fit? Fitness in my life has been everything, you know, it has been absolutely everything. And and, that, and the other thing is, it's amazing that every, everybody can take from it what they want, right? Fitness is not this little puddle of water drying up in the summer sun, right? Fitness is the Pacific Ocean. And you can, you can pull up your tanker trucks and fill them up and take them home with you. And everybody still gets what they need, you know?
0: So I want to and try I, to tie a couple of things together here because I want to expand upon. I feel like we're peeling back the onion just a little bit, but you've said a few things that I think are pretty important, right? You said that this is this is being fitness is something that you needed. You needed this in your life. You yeah. said it was cathartic. And you just talked about two things that I think connect that together in a couple of different ways. You talked about your son and how he's viewing fitness and what it's doing in his life, but how you first learned with adults and you learned it watching adults go through this growing process of gaining value in their lives from, from going through fitness.
1: You and I've had some great conversations about youth sports. And, you know, I think what, what we agree and what science agrees are some of the problems with what's happening with kids. And it's, it's so much more important to teach young kids how to train intelligently with structure, with purpose, than than what it is you have them do when they train because All of those things will come in time, right? And I think that having a basic understanding for my son, at least of what simple movements will always help you get stronger and better at your sports. And so I think that like, if there's a a message to my son or anyone with, with kids who train, focus on teaching them what the training environment should be like not what they should be doing when they train. Because if they're training, they're already doing better or more than 999 other kids in the thousand that they're measured against, right? And, you know, just sort of quick little rabbit hole. If some guy's telling you he can make your kid better at their sport as a strength and conditioning coach, he's lying. You should go in the other direction. Find coaches who will tell you that they can help your kid get ready to play their sport better or work with their sport coaches. Let sport coaches teach kids sports. Let strength and conditioning coaches help build kids up to endure and have the stamina to do the training that they need. When it comes to kids, you need to coach character first. You need to coach character first. If your kid is an amazing athlete and shitty person, he's going to be a shitty athlete when he's older. You know, it's it's an inevitability that those two roads come back together. So, you know, address the character issues early and teach the behaviors.
0: This one really is still connected to what I'd really like to hear. And and what I know about you is how much you put in just to get him even to practice and things like that. How does that make you feel?
1: I mean, it's like, it's the best thing I've ever done. It feels, it feels great. You know, it feels great. I, I've met so many kids who you know, if at some point somebody had done something like that for their kid, they would have been a better person, a better athlete for it along the way. It's it's the it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done.
0: I think that's awesome, and I and I think that's a really awesome message to pass on to parents. So now I want to move on into the <laughs> food section here a little bit, and the food is different for everybody. What's food? What's food in your life, Kevin Doyle? Uh, what uh, food?
1: food in my life has been a. a A timeline of irresponsible (laughs) decision-making.
0: For us all.
1: You know, for for majority of my time as a coach, my ability to relate to people nutritionally was my biggest weakness, you know, and then I would still argue that to an extent that that remains true. And the statement you said, well, like food is different for everybody. Listen to me, everybody listening. You have been eating longer than you've been breathing, okay? So whatever your habits with food are, are more entrenched in your subconscious and behavior patterns than how you breathe, okay? So whether you want to believe that or not, that's fine with me. But, you know, look, look at from the, from the time you were conceived, what came first and, you know, what you eat. And, and those things, that's where like food is different for everyone. it it, that's not the truest thing ever. And then there's these things like paleo, uh, ketogenic, South Beach diet, the Atkins, right? All of these things, Weight Watchers, right? All all of these things. You know what the truth is uh, that no one really wants to admit is that all of them work. They all work, just not for everybody, right? And again, both of those things in general are unsustainable on infinite timelines. And so people... When it comes to food, guys, when it comes to food, be reasonable. Don't make it socially awkward for yourself or anyone else, right? Like if you find yourself socially impinged because you can't be in a room where other people are eating things that aren't part of your current food selection choices, right? Think about what you're really trying to do, right? Because I think you can the beginning and the end of every day right fitness and exercise for adults as a leisurely pursuit leisurely pursuits baby is designed to help you become a better version of yourself right it's very quick it happens very quick on the back of success where when you when you get so restrictive and so structured that you'll begin to impact yourself in ways that are negative that can be psycho emotional uh, or socio-emotional and, you know, deter your performance in other areas of life. So and that exists. Is,
0: this is one of the things I actually want to point out about you now, because I know you and I know you from a coach's perspective. Now, I'm going to say this because you were a CrossFit coach. And when you come into CrossFit, you come into the CrossFit world, it's, nutrition, nutri- I mean, perfect nutrition. And you start thinking, man, the only way, because you, when you first come in, the exercise is so intense. It's so ravaging that you think you need to follow this perfect regimen of diet. But one, one of the things that you've done and you did, I, I think for me and probably for a whole lot of people was you made it relatable. You made it comfortable. You talk to people sometimes, and sometimes you'd be like, Hey, eat a brownie. You know, sometimes you need it you know, and maybe that's what you need for your energy beforehand. And, and I, I just kind of want to say in your life, what is food in your life? And like, what really gave you that sort of mentality to be able to put other people at ease like that?
1: Honestly, coaching kids in morning training sessions, you know, coach, coaching high school and college kids in morning training sessions. You got a kid who shows up in the morning at five o'clock in the morning which isn't easy to do. Uh, you get a high school or college kid who's willing to do that, and then they're just getting wrecked, right? Should I tell that kid to eat a Snickers bar? Is that good for his long-term health? Is the inflammatory effects of the sugar and how his glucose is gonna respond to that, is that good for him long-term? No. But are some calories in that situation better than no calories? Absolutely. Absolutely, right? and watching athletes try to be successful and suffer led me to the conclusion that in in certain situations, right? Some food is more important than no food, right? And when you're done training and you would pull out of that parking lot, there was Denny's, a McDonald's, a Dunkin' Donuts, a Taco Bell, a Popeye's, a Burger King, a Wendy's, all within two miles of the place, let alone uh, a Chinese takeout, a pizza place, and a subway. The world's got a plan for you. Right, that food is there for the taking. You become vulnerable to that plan,
0: right? I think I'm gonna make a segue for us here into the fun section, right? You know, so a couple of things. What's food like for the Doyle family in the Doyle household? And like you know, nobody's perfect, right? And and plus maybe you're big foodies, and people want to hear about that. And how much is food part of your fun? And, and then we're, we're fitness, food, and fun. And maybe there's a tie-in on how you look at all these things. Do you need to eat well to have fun? Is food fun for you? Is fitness fun for you? Uh,
1: what does is, what is food in the Doyle House look like? Generally, one of two things. My wife is actually an incredible cook. And she's very conscientious in terms of like healthy food and choices, especially for the kids. When, when the kids were younger, we were very actually strict about like organic and things like that for them. I would say about 50% of our grocery items are like gluten-free organic items. We do pretty good with that. My wife in general is like, she's the chef of the house. Mostly because when it comes to the comparison, like the kids will make jokes about when daddy's going to cook. Unless we're outside on the grill we're outside on the grill, that's a completely different situation. But in general, my, my wife is the person who drives the food and her family in particular, they have a very long standing tradition of, you know, cooking at home, preparing meals that are well balanced. Most nights when it's my turn to cook, the question is, where would you like me to order food from tonight? <laughs> you know, as a matter of convenience. But yeah, I, I would say like we have a pretty like classic home cooked meal stuff. Like tonight we're having chicken soup and like a vegetable stir fry and something else during the holidays and stuff. We generally tend not to cook as much, I think, which is the case with anybody, but like, it's okay if you gain five pounds during the holiday guys, you know, like go all the plates, everybody's drinking, eating cookies. Like it's okay. Like trust your training. You can, you can get that five pounds off. Don't, don't eat like it's the holiday week, 52 weeks out of the year, you know?
0: So that actually ties me in a little bit to what are your, what are your splurgy things or what are your vices? And, you know, you know I, I like that you just told people, Hey, it's okay. Cause that's what, that's what we're here to do. Right. And like make some things, you know, feel normal and not be in a perfect world. So let's talk a little bit about when you fall off the rocker and then how you come back on.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and I think that's part of the sustainability, like your life choices thing, right? Like, If you are living in this super restrictive format, you're either going to become miserable or or quit, right? Because when you go to a birthday party and there's birthday cake, like you should be able to have cake, unless it's like you can't have your your gluten, you have super celiac disease and like can't have gluten ever, right? Like then, you know, to have a piece of chocolate, you know, there's, Don't put yourself in positions where you can't eat anything that society has determined are social foods that we all enjoy to celebrate things. Like food is symbolic, right? And when your life decisions are so restrictive that you have to avoid social norms, right? Like that's not healthy, that's unhealthy in another way. And yeah, like eat a piece of cake, have some ice cream. You know, for years, the joke was ice cream couldn't be in the house because I would eat it, right? That's not the case anymore. But if I had to say, what are my splurge things? Like, what do I what do I like to like, or just ignore what I know is good for me? I love Chinese takeout. I love it. I love it. So, you know, twice a month or something, like we'll get some Chinese takeout. But in terms of my favorite food, like if I had a perfect meal, I would say like a bone-in ribeye, with sauteed green beans, and like a side salad, it'd be that's that's perfect for me. That's my perfect meal right there, as long as it's paired with at least, you know, anywhere from two glasses to two bottles of red wine.
0: Perfect. So this is a great segue. I see the smile on your face, the excitement that you get when you start talking about your splurgy items. Let's talk about fun. What is what's fun in your life? Let's talk about what puts a smile on Kevin's face. We.
1: I mean. It's actually a tough question for me. I think you know me well enough to know, that, like, even even in a bad situation, I'll be the one sort of having a little bit of fun, you know?
0: Having fun in a phone booth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could. I'd be the guy making the jokes about it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's actually a hard question for me, because the truth is, I feel like I have so much damn fun, it's unfair. You know, there's some things that I used to do that were a lot of fun for me that I miss, you know, in terms of athletics. Those are all things that as this COVID stuff starts to wrap up, I mean, the joy I found in competitive sports is is unrivaled in terms of personal, individual enjoyment, you know, in terms of what's fun. And anytime I get to go spend an hour in a boxing ring with Coach Balkin, that's, that's one of my best times, you know, I, I could think of in terms of current situations and yeah, I just, I, I love sports. I love competition and, and, you know, I do some silly stuff too. I play video games, you know, Uh, a lot of people don't know that. I've been a secret, secret gamer or maybe not so secret, but thought I was a secret gamer. I like to play little video games. Not, not as much in the past year. Things have been so busy for the past year and it's sort of redirected so many things, but when it comes to just like what I'm going to do, if I'm alone and I'm gonna have a little bit of fun, I'm gonna play a little video games, go box with the, my good friend, Coach Balkan. You know, those would be the two things that I chose to do. Right? If if something's not fun, you're not gonna do it, right? You don't have to wed a perfect union between nutrition and fitness and your fun. You don't, it, it can be its own sort of lane of things and uh, be okay with that. You know be reasonable about your goals, be reasonable about your expectations of yourself. And if you're not flexible or adaptable, you're being unrealistic. Don't be antisocial, right? Don't ever make any one of those things antisocial, whether it's your fitness, your fun, or your food, right? Make sure that they are all adding and enhancing not only your physical health, but your mental and social health and well-being as well, right? That's that's, that's the trick in the CrossFit gym, right? Is the psycho, uh, social, emotional stuff is a big part in the success. I would encourage people to make sure that those choices come from that perspective. And at this Keep
0: point in the world where we're coming to the end of one of the most notorious years in history <laughs> of 2020, I think feedback like that is really important for people to help them on a daily basis. So yeah. in closing, I just want to say thank you very much for being the very first guest on fitness, food, and fun. I think you brought a lot of great perspective. I think it's really important for people to understand the crux and the basis of your message is is be balanced and enjoy yourself. And you'll accomplish the things in life that are going to make you happy. That's ultimately like what we're trying to do here and to be relatable to, to everybody out there. So I really appreciate your perspective.
1: Yeah. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. So keep that in mind, right? And make yourself better and have fun. And that's the key. And it's a great message. It's a great message to share.
0: Thank you. Hope everybody enjoys this episode. Well, this is our first one and we hope to just keep on rolling them out there and adding great content for you.